Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. We take turns selecting from our movie genre movies that, in our opinions, have not received the respect they deserve. But not this time. No, no. no. Nay, nay. This week. On the podcast. Is Elaine's pick. For John's birthday. <laughs> Now sing it's my it's birthday. His birthday. We could actually sing happy birthday and not it's crime so, anymore. But it's nowhere near my birthday. Because it's public domain. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would say nowhere near. I mean, it's two You're like weeks. 12 days out. Yeah. <laughs> you can sing I mean, the 12 days By the time, time this episode gets released, <laughs> it will have already what been. The, birthday, what day of the week I is think. your birthday this year? Oh, it is your birthday. It's Friday. This Friday. episode will be released mm-hmm. on your birthday. It will? Yes. Oh, we might have cool. plans for your birthday. Mm-hmm. I mean, we might have plans for his birthday. Oh, so I took snap. the day off, so don't ditch me because oh. I took the day off. Oh, oh cool. You can play with I took a like long it. weekend. Are you you made plans <laughs> legit? You guys, no, we I'm going to be at make, home by myself. We didn't make birthday. any I mean, plans that can't be changed well, immediately. Well, I can't I was hang out with. I have to close the store that day, so mm-hmm. I but can't you're hang sick. out. It doesn't happen. But there was a bomb squad. I took bomb one of in. my two personal days I get a year. <laughs> so you're a fucking birthday. Birthday. What are you, Why are you guys yelling at me? Nothing happened. <laughs> because you oh, should sorry. tell your so what is wife movie? when you make plans. So what I is didn't know movie she you wanted to do about? something hey, for my birthday. Hey, look, gummy bears. I told her, but hey, she, she did not tell me. I, I know. <laughs> I don't know what she just said, but she didn't tell me. So Gremlins, what's that? For Tony's birthday, I give you all the gift of Gremlins 2, the new batch. Can we return it? No. Oh. Better than Gremlins three, and there's no money back guarantee either. Did you see that? Did you see the fucking Mountain Dew commercial with Gremlins in it a long time ago? It was a couple years ago. I guess they were just testing the waters because they want to do a Gremlins three, but it looked mm-hmm. like shit because it was uh, all CGI, no puppets. They really need to do. They could reboot Gremlins and make it really gritty. It would be fun. They won't though. No, they they'll fuck it up. They want it to be for kids. Yeah, they want merchandise. They want Grogu money mm. or Mandalorian money. Yeah, they want merchandising. They want little fucking mogwais everywhere. Yeah. But it would do better if they did it for adults. No, it would not do better. It, yes, would, it, would. it, it would be better. No, no. But it would no, do the, better. The movie would do better, not the merchandising. Yeah. The movie would do better. The movie might do better, but the merchandising is where the real money is. No, the they're going to be for when kids. They have a Gremlins the Flamethrower. They'll have a they'll have a girl gizmo, and, you know, they'll be it'll be all the, all the you know, how can we make money out of this? I don't know that uh, Gremlins had a sex until they this didn't, movie. but... Until one became... I thought there was a girl in the last movie. No, no. there was one no. that just dressed just up like a girl. Oh. They're just asexual One put monsters. a wig on and right. lipstick. But I mean... Yeah, they're... She drank a potion. This she... one, she is probably a legit girl, I guess. Because she drank a unisex potion or whatever that was. Um, yeah, but they're mm-hmm. not... They don't... Um, we've got all kinds of stuff to talk re- about. They reproduce the asexually, movie. so they're not asex. Yeah. Like, if you reproduce, reproduce by getting wet and like it just pops out of you, yeah. you're not a woman or a man. You're a thing. You're non asexual. binary. Hey, don't be attached to things. Mm, like penises. <laughs> vaginas. I want my vagina. <laughs> I'm not going to take part in this conversation. <laughs> so, Gremlins the New Batch is from 1990. It had a 71% thermometer score and a 57 audience score. Okay. It had a 69 Metacritic yeah. and a 6.4 out of 10 on the IMDb's. It had a budget. Of fifty million dollars. Wow! And the worldwide gross 
41 million. So it was a giant oh, fucking wow. bomb. It was a Ooh, terrible bomb. Because you yeah. got to imagine they spent at least 20, 30 million dollars in, in, in advertising. <laughs> no, in advertising. Yeah, yeah. You know, after the yeah, movie. Yeah, I think um, there was a I think there was a Hardy's to plan probably lost or something. <laughs> it's and, weird. And then of that 41 million, the movie theater kept a bunch. Yeah. I mean, people seem to really love this movie, but at the same time, it didn't do very well. So why would I they want to be a Gremlins three? Because it's beyond. Because uh, from what I've gathered, I'm a huge Gremlins fan. The uh-huh. first one, Gremlins two. I'm a you know we'll get to. We'll see. But we'll see. I, a lot of people grew up when Gremlins two came out, and I, I've I've ton, heard from tons of people that didn't never even seen Gremlins. But Gremlins 2 was a big HBO movie, and they loved this movie because it was one of those HBO movies. It yeah. was a big HBO movie, mm-hmm. and I remember watching it a lot, but not liking it as much as the first one. Well, this was directed by Joe Dante, who also directed the first movie. Yep. Welcome back to the podcast from The Gremlins and the Burbs. Also directed Inner Space and the Twilight Zone movie. He's a very good director. It was written by Charles Haas. Christopher Columbus wrote the first Gremlins movie, and he's given a character credit, but he does not—he did not have any hand in this screenplay. And Charles Haas has not written any fucking thing. Mm-hmm. The only thing of note on his IMDb that I'd ever heard of is he's uncredited on the movie Tron for doing a script first treatment. One? Yes, they're doing a Tron three with, with Jared Leto. Yeah. So, I like Jared Leto. I think he's a I good actor. I got a problem. Mm. Uh, he top he, but he peaked early with um, Fight Jordan Club. Catalano. Yeah, I don't have a problem with him either. And um, but so like they took this, they used the same director, but they took this unknown writer and let him write the script, and I think that's where this movie fell apart. Um, returning is Zach Galligan as Billy, who of course we know from the first movie. Welcome back to the podcast. He was also in the movie The Net. And in a shit ton of other, like, weird horror movies. Okay. Um, I feel like you could go through his IMDb and maybe find things you might find interesting, hmm. but not me. Then, of course, returning as Kate is Phoebe Cates uh, from Fast Times at Richmond High. And Gremlins. And Gremlins. And um, Drop Dead Fred and The Depot. Oh, God. And, um, about that movie. Drop Dead Fred. And Shag, which is a movie I really like. Shag is not a good movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. I don't think you spelled that right. Um, then we have John Glover uh, as Daniel Clamp. He's welcome back to the podcast from Scrooged. He's also in Shazam, uh, Payback, The Incredible Shrinking Woman, and In the Mouth of Madness. I like, oh, I like In the Mouth of Madness. Zach Galligan was in Hatchet Three. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, but I you know I saw the first two. I missed the third one. I missed that one. He's in Waxwork. Cyborg 3. There's a third Cyborg? Apparently. I believe he was in... Well, there was something with a Crocosaurus on it that was on one of these people's <laughs> IMDb's. He was in Warlock 3. Um, really? Is he only do the fucking third movie and everything? Robert, Pro, Robert Prosky plays Fred. He was in Mrs. Doubtfire, Rudy, Last Action Hero, The Great Outdoors, and Christine. <clears throat> that's the vampire guy. Christina. <laughs> um, Robert Picardo played Forrester. He is, of course, from Star Trek Voyager. He was also in The Burbs. That's one of the garbage men. Oh, was he? Also, he's in Inner Space. He's the cowboy, which was interesting. Um, he's also in future episode Loverboy, future episode <laughs> Legend, There's and a... perhaps future episode Oh God, You Devil. Nice. You can't do future episodes. <laughs> I'm definitely going to do Loverboy. We bought it so I could do it at some point. Yes. And yes. sooner or later, I will do Legend. 
because that movie's awesome. And probably sooner or later I'll do Interspace just because I a, don't give a shit. Apparently a call to Interspace and the Burbs in this movie. And apparently I'm going to do Oh God, You Devil. And then um, Haviland Morris plays Marla. She was in 16 Candles. She was the girlfriend. I was like, is that for real? That's the chick who cuts her hair because she gets it stuck in the, in the door? door. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, yes. Christopher Lee. Welcome back to the podcast from Sleepy Hollow. All right, um, I have some reviews. Um, before I read them, what would you think going in, Carly? Hey! I thought, all right, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> Had you seen it before? No. You're fun. <laughs> what do you think going in, John? It's my second favorite Gremlins movie. What do you think going in, Tony? It's my third favorite Gremlins movie. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I was like, uh, I haven't seen this in a really, really, really long time, but Will talks about this movie a lot, so he, I think he really likes this movie. Like, I watch Gremlins every I Christmas. watched it, like, I think when it came out, and I was like, okay. Right. Well, like, mm. uh, Industrious Angel uh, from two thousand in two thousand thirteen rated this a ten out of ten. Mm. There are only very few films I give a ten out. Of, I give ten out of ten points. <laughs> I already stopped but listening to this idiot. I gotta see what our other ones are. But Gremlins Two is among them. It has everything that made Gremlins such a nice movie, plus an amount of satire and craziness that has been rarely paralleled before or since. It is as much fun as the irreverent irreverent, sorry, can't say that word, Life of Brian. There isn't a single take or artistic choice I didn't like here. Everything fits. The timing is impeccable. No joke falls flat. And even the musical number is hilarious. The actors had a great time, it seems, and it's a rare film where you can ham it up to such delirious heights. Uh, wow. And then I picked this uh, because he says, my favorite character here, by the way, is Microwave Marsh. Oh, God. <laughs> Was, uh, what's his name? Uh, you probably said this and I didn't hear you, but was, what's his name was from Scrooged, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was just remembering that. I was like, because I was getting yeah, Scrooged vibes here. from this movie. Um, and, uh, Killian Jews. Joes? What, you doing what? I'm sorry, what? Killian, it's, the name is Killian J-O-O-S. Joes? Jews? We'll go with Joes. Not Jews. Let's go with Joes. Killian Joes? There we go. I don't know. Uh, from This is from 2022. <laughs> uh, one out of ten. I want to die. Wow. All of my worst dreams come to life. Well, you want to be Would be Joe, a good so movie if you were stoned out of your mind. I hate this movie so much. Save yourself and don't watch it. Wow. That's, uh, That's a one out of ten. Not very thorough. Yeah. I hate this and I Kill don't Andros? like it. Maybe you should stop killing the brain cells. I don't know. Killian. Killian. Joes. Juice. Be, Killian. But it's Killian. But it's a it's a double O, so that's an ooze. Ooze. Juice. juice. Killian juice. Killian. Killing the juice. Killian juice. Killing and ju- killing the juice, we'll call him. I don't know, man. Are you a secret Nazi? I don't know if he's that secret about it. <laughs> I mean I didn't Hey, let's move on. Fuck that guy. Anything else you want to say before we begin? No. Um, I saw in the thing that Microwave Marge is a welcome back to the podcast. She was in Hocus Pocus. And she was also in Little Nemo's Adventures in Slumberland. Oh. oh. <laughs> As a voice? Yeah. That old gem. Hey, apparently that Slumberland show that um, uh, Jason Momoa did is pretty good. He plays Flip. Mm-hmm. Anywho, this opens with... Uh, WB Looney Tunes, uh, 
which is kind of fun. So we get a little cartoon sequence. I don't count this as part of the movie. With no, it's just one of those fun product. It's like um, it's just one of those producer it's things. Called a short. Yeah. But it's not it's even. Be, it's because it was Bunny Bugs Bunny's fiftieth anniversary, so they put a big thing on the front of it. Warner Brothers. Because I was like, this is a little weird. But it was in a lot of Warner Brothers movies. They did a lot of fun things. This was back in the 90s when they would do fun things during the um, producing credits in the title cards. But we get a little short with Daffy Duck and um, Bugs Bunny. And then we get the movie credits and we get a long pan over New York. Would you like to say your trivia about this? No. Oh, this is, uh, this is stock footage. From Superman 4, Western Peace. <laughs> Future episode, Superman 4. Yeah? You're going to do that, Superman 4? May, well, you, you know what? That's action the, Adventure. That's your uh, that, no, expertise. Uh, that's John. We're finally going to have Vic come, and, and he'll run oh. that one. <laughs> I don't know if he'll do that one. That, uh, that will be a more inter- That's actually an interesting movie to talk about, though. Have the you Quest seen for it Peace? Yeah. Recently? Where the, the, um, no. the movie's trash, but... Oh, God. Don't but, I don't think I ever saw it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. He has crazy. Lee nails that cut Superman's neck. Yeah. yeah. And he has Gene Hackman's voice, that's, which is weird. Is that, that's not the one where he splits into two Superman. That's no, that's the, the third, third one. one. That's okay. the third one. Why would you want to watch that? Because it's silly. I don't think it's a good movie, but it might be fun to talk about. It's really ridiculous. Because then he bangs... No, that's the third one, too. He bangs that chick when he's evil Superman. Yeah. That's and then he one. lies about it. Mm-hmm. She goes, remember me? I don't know what you're talking about, ma'am. Da, 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 da. You're like, oh, shit, Superman. <laughs> so maybe we should just watch Superman 3 and not Superman 4. We'll do all piece. of them. Or I mean, none of them. The first one is really good. She loves the it. The second one I really like as well. Carly likes it a lot. The third no, one. I don't think mm, so. You were talking all about how you were a big Zod fan. And you bought that t-shirt and a hat. What? Remember that? What? <laughs> I have a fun t-shirt on today. You want to see? I have a real t-shirt on. I'm not flashing you. Oh, nah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. We're just all in fun shirts today. <laughs> John just zipped his shirt up because he's not wearing a fun t-shirt. I'm wearing a Puma polo. There you go. <laughs> to go with his Puma tracksuit. Elaine's wearing a shirt she and got my from Puma shoes. I'm wearing a shirt that I got from Elaine. <laughs> but I'm wearing my New York City edition Pumas. Okay. All right. All Puma out. Mm-hmm. Got to coordinate. <laughs> All right. Puma. So we see um, the camera zooms into Chinatown <laughs> where we Sorry. see a limo arrive. And we see Forrester uh, going into a familiar looking shop. This is Mr. Wing's shop, which... Where's his grandson? I know. I was very upset. So he dies and nobody looks around for I was the mom. Very upset. Not only where is his grandson. To be but fair, they don't even empty the shop out. To be, to be <laughs> fair, his grandson disobeyed him and sold this weapon of mass destruction to some white boy from Kingston Falls that might be linked back. He might have gotten rid of his grandson because that's quite a fuck up. And lots but of people died. But he would died. have had plans for what happened after his death. <laughs> but this is... I don't know. He I may, think he would have. He may have thought he was going to live a lot longer. And maybe just I died suddenly. I think he knew that that wasn't the case. <laughs> maybe his grandson had to go back to live with his parents because his grandfather wasn't He's watching him. He's implicit in a lot of murders. 
Um, but Forrester goes into the shop and he turns on a TV and it's a video conference with Daniel Clamp. He's trying to buy Mr. Wing's shop because he wants to develop, he has owns all the other buildings and he wants to develop this piece of property. I feel like Daniel Clamp is like a, a merger of Ted Turner and Donald Trump. Yeah, Maybe. I think that's the point. Well, this guy's a lot cooler than that though. Mm -hmm. Yes. Have you met Ted Turner? Do you really think that Ted Turner could kill a gremlin with a shredder? <laughs> Trump could. Trump could. That's why I said it's the two of them. <laughs> Trump might have killed a real person with Trump a shredder. Trump would talk shit to it. So you thought you were going to attack me. Wrong! You're fired. <laughs> you shredded. A gremlin would you kill shredded. Trump and then take his hair and wear it. Oh. <laughs> you think I'm lying? All right. So... Mr. Clamp is trying to buy Mr. Wing's building, and Mr. Wing says no. While they're in there, we do see little bits of Gizmo. We hear him singing. We see his little hand. And um, uh, Forrester leaves the TV and tells Mr. Wing he can keep it, and Gizmo turns on the TV, and Mr. Wing says, that'll rot your brain and turn it off. Because what does he watch? He watches Rambo. 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 Two. But Forrester's like, two. you heard his cough. We won't have to wait much longer. And yeah. then we will own this building. Mm. So, and then Six Wing... But who are they buying it from after he dies that doesn't clear anything out of the shop? <laughs> I mean, the grandson. They might, they might end, end the grandson, who sold a weapon of mass destruction for 40 bucks. Uh -huh. They probably bought everything lock, stock, and barrel for 250 but beans. They didn't take a single thing out of that place before they just... I mean, it's all the... kind of junk anyway, except for Gizmo. I mean, well, it's it, a lot of statues there's a and stuff. weapon of mass destruction in there yeah. via a magical but but rodent. Nobody, but nobody knows. So maybe the rest of that stuff ain't junk either. That's true. They could, this is, could be the Arcana Cabana you and nobody fucking bag. knows. That's true. But there's definitely at least one six demon bag in there. Mm. I was right. very distressed. <laughs> but six, we see six weeks later, we see the clamp building. Uh, this is a high-tech... Office building that smart building fully automated has nineteen ninety <laughs> has broadcasting it broadcasts the Clamp News Network and we see a broadcast about uh, the upcoming development in Chinatown now that Mister Wing has passed on and we also see bits of this building where there's all kinds of like retail and news and research and all kinds of crazy stuff happening. We see Gizmo in the shop as it starts being demolished. He's sad because Mr. Wing has died, but now he's... Starving to death. Well, <laughs> something... Well, what do they eat? They eat chicken in the first round. Um, On this one, and frozen. frozen yogurt. <laughs> um, I guess they eat whatever they eat. I guess. But after he yeah. escapes whatever the building... And is not, not into the daytime. Whoa. Tony was upset by this. Very upset. <laughs> Because it wasn't cloudy or rainy. We're back to some troll he rules. <laughs> he did stay in the sunlight. A lot. Or, yeah. stay, or not in the sunlight. He stayed in the alley in the shadows. Mm, but he's captured. Shadows. Light out. He is captured by a man and is Welcome taken back into to the custody. podcast. Yeah, that, those guys have been in a couple of movies. But T2. Yeah, T2. One of them. Um, then we see Billy and Kate. They're in New York together. They're walking to work, and they work at the Clamp Building. Got a real flush. Guess it's not um, <laughs> Kate apparently a is a tour guide. It's a, apparently a popular tourist destination to visit and tour this building. And Billy works in 
The architectural design department? Question mark. How did he get this job? I don't know. Because he worked at but the bank. he saw bank, falling down a bunch of times. And he talks about how if he were still, if they hadn't left that town, he probably would have been promoted a couple times at the bank. But we don't know. Did he go to college to be an architect? <laughs> he got the fuck out of Kingston Falls. Because yeah. he was also implicit in a bunch of people dying. <laughs> Everybody got but, the fuck out. Phoebe Cates. He, but how did he I get bet they didn't want him around very much. No. We don't like, know. Like, that's the guy that killed half the town. Yeah. But we meet his boss, Marla, and we see some unnecessary work bullying being done by his boss. And then Forrester, who says he has an unauthorized plant because there are very strict office rules. It's it's like in 9 to (laughs) 5. Yes. And Transformers. But there it kind of makes sense. Here it just all seems very pointless. It seemed made sense in 9 to 5. We don't want to work in a thrift shop or whatever the hell he calls it. A flea market. But then, sorry, Killies. Billy goes to, Billy's on his break, I guess, and he goes to talk to Grandpa Fred, which is, he's billed as Grandpa Fred, but they don't call him Grandpa Fred. He's just Fred. He's supposed to be Grandpa from the Monsters. Yes. The name of the show is with Grandpa. He is a late night movie host, and they talk about the other things in the, the other area the other businesses in the building and how grandpa's career isn't getting anywhere and then they mention that there's a genetics research lab upstairs for no reason that will never come back how's the archery channel it's like this building is weird there's a lot of weird shit happening in this building then we flash to this lab no it's not that odd i don't know what the fuck's (laughs) in half these buildings sometimes i drive by and i see a, a building and i'm like what is going on up there you know what I mean? It'd be like, there's all these stores at the bottom, and then there's this top space that isn't attached to them, that has nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. So, who the hell knows, man? Hotels and apartments. I'm most worried about other things, like when they have like the psychic who's got like a big building, and it's, it's the psychic. I'm like, bullshit, they're pushing yeah. heroin out the back. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no way there's any people going with psychic. That, we, there's a couple of them. Was I with you at the, like, when we went to the outlets that time around Christmas, and we're like, what is this building it's like in the parking lot of the outlet mall, and it's like a security. Yeah. Oh no. Company. Yeah, yeah. It's the one. And, and so we're like sitting in our car on our phones, looking up what this place yeah. is because it's a huge the, building. The one that you think is the is the inlet to the parking, but mm-hmm. it isn't. There's at that giant security building. At one night we went there, it was lit up, and there was fucking tons of people there. Yeah. And it's like eleven at night. We're like, what the fuck is going on in this place? Club. Maybe. <laughs> well, they Project can't Mayhem. You. They can't talk about it. No. But then we go up to the lab. If it's your first night there, you have to fight. And we hear Gizmo singing, because Gizmo does know how to entertain himself. uh, You're stuck in a cage for your whole life. We meet Dr. Catheter. Catheter. (laughs) You read that right. (laughs) (laughs) Because I looked at the uh, trivia or the IMDb, I was like, what's Christopher Lee's Dr. Catheter? Mm. Oh, Dr. Catheter? Oh, okay. I guess he is Dr. Catheter. Um, He is. We meet him. We're introduced to him because he gets a delivery, and um, is it Mama Larry? his secretary is uh, is Pat. Is Pat? Yep. This is no dumber than Count. I've Duke. seen that movie. <laughs> yeah. They must and really hate him. Yeah, he just he probably thought. I think it was he, kind of he's a been in enough um, Shakespeare silly kind of movies too that he probably just had fun, you know, playing around. Well. Whatever, you didn't care. I feel like I've seen multiple interviews with people like Kenneth Branagh 
and they're just like British actors. They do serious films and they do crap yeah. films, and they're they just like, like to laugh at themselves. And they're like, "Well, what's the big deal? Yeah. This I just did a silly movie. Like I'm an actor. This is my job. Yeah. They offered me money. I took it. I did a role. They Sorry, do you mean actor? No. Oh, um, we stopped doing that. Uh, maybe. Um, no. And so we are introduced with him because he gets a, a delivery. He's hoping it is his. Um, Malaria. Malaria, but it's not. It's something else. He got flu last week. Um, and his sec- and his assistant or whatever. The woman sneezes and he takes her tissue because he just wants fresh germs. And then he goes to speak to Martin and Lewis. Lu- uh, Martin is the, that's the twins. And Martin is the one that found Gizmo. And they show the doctor Gizmo. And they play music and Gizmo dances. And the, the doctor's like, he likes this. And they're like, it's his favorite song. And then Gizmo tries to escape. But the doctor catches him and then puts him back in the cage. And then they talk about how the different tests they're going to run on Gizmo. All, each one getting more sinister than the last. This gentleman mm-hmm. is probably a mad scientist. Whoa. <laughs> um, Definitely not cruelty-free. Billy, then back on Billy's floor, he hears some whistling. And it is Gizmo's song. And he looks up and he finds that it is a delivery man who's whistling that song. And Billy recognizes it and says, where did you hear that? And then the man thinks for a little bit and then says, oh, I was up on that research lab in on 51. That's where I heard it. So then Billy gets suspicious about what's going on up in that research lab. So he goes up there to check it out. No, he thinks Gizmo's there. So, so I he thought goes it was... Gizmo out. That's why he brings the toolbox. I don't know. Has it happened yet? No, he brings the toolbox because he sneaks in pretending to be there to fix the copy machine. So he can sneak out Gizmo. Yes. Has it happened yet where they fired the dude for an unauthorized break? Yes, I think so. I think so. They are watching. Yeah, there's cameras everywhere. But we see Billy kind of go all over the place where he's not supposed to be. And that seems to be fun. And I I did not believe that. There's lots of things. (laughs) There's... So this movie cuts back and forth between scenes so quickly, and they're so inconsequential. Mm-hmm. Like, there's... Well, like, 90%, well, not 90, that's being silly, but, like, 50% of this movie is skits of other movies. Like, yes. they're like, this is from King Kong, and this yeah. is... Uh, At some point, Tony was like, "Is this Mice a spoof? and Men?" <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of like, this is a spoof of the last movie. Is when Phoebe Cates doing her um, yeah. president or Lincoln's, Lincoln's birthday thing. thing. I'm like, this is a spoof of his other movie. And there's like, so many scenes from other movies they do in this. Like, I can see why this movie did so bad. It's just and it's very disjointed. So there's a lot of stuff that I didn't even put in my notes. Yeah, like there's Forrester is some kind of security chief, I think. He's like the manager of the whole but, building, but yeah, he's like obsessed with he like cameras and what everybody's doing. Anakin. Little bit, but you know, and he's you know like, we needed? James Spader. And he's, he's a little bit like um, the guy um, Fisher Stevens's character in Hackers, mm. where he's like watches everything on the monitors and he's overseeing everything. Um, so it's it's his job's a little ambiguous, but. I don't really put a lot of this stuff yeah. with him in here. But it's just like they so, establish it that really it's matter. super strict. Yeah. And then you see him running around and you're well, like, no, he couldn't in there that. pretending to fix the copy machine. And he looks around for Gizmo and he finds a bunch of really creepy things. And then he finds Gizmo. He grabs him and uh, puts him in his toolbox and then releases some monkeys as a distraction. 
So we so Billy then goes into a men's room and he has a chat with Gizmo, a very long chat, and where he finds out that Mr. Wing is dead mm -hmm. because Gizmo has a black armband on. Is that a thing in Rambo? <laughs> no, it's a thing when someone dies, you put an armband on. Yeah, but Gizmo was kind of doing a whole Rambo thing this whole movie, Still so not. I didn't know if it was a thing in Rambo or not. No, with a kick. Mm -hmm. um, I never saw Rambo. But Billy takes <laughs> You never Gizmo. saw Rambo? Oh, I've never seen Rambo. You haven't picked it. <laughs> I can't. Rambo did really well. I've never seen Rambo either. John's had it on while I've been in. No, because I don't give a fuck. And I don't like Stallone. He's not a good actor. The first Rambo's pretty good. Okay. Well, second it's not bad. It's not what you think it is. Second Rambo's. It starts to get a little it's silly. It's a little weird. The third one is hilarious. The first one, it's kind of like, you know, the first one's like a real serious, mm -hmm. like, drama. And then the other ones start getting crazy and mm -hmm. blowing up and shit. Well, the first one, the premise is... The first one is that he's a Vietnam veteran with severe PTSD yeah. and diagnosed, and he gets triggered and, and kills... Well, he doesn't kill anybody. He kills one person the entire thing, and that was his fault. Yeah. And then, well, he dies at the end of the movie, but not... It's a victim blaming. Something like that. And then the second one, he goes and wins the Vietnam War. And the mm -hmm. third one, he fights for the Taliban. <laughs> okay. Whoops. Well, see, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I have been in the room while John's watched Rambo, and I have not paid any attention because I don't care about Rambo so well. because I don't think Schwarzenegger, is, or not Schwarzenegger, but and the fourth Stallone one, is a good movie. The it, only good Stallone movie is Cobra. Wait, the fourth one, he goes to Burma, and it gets weird. I like weird. the fourth one. I know you hate and it. And the fifth one, he's Mexican somehow. Yeah. It was pretty much explained. In I'm a federale. That he, no, he was supposed to be Native American. He's, like a, he's a federale. Federale. The, the red, red, the white, white and the and green. green. <laughs> That's from Blue Street. Okay, not seeing that either. Tango un gato los pantalones. That movie is a fun time. <laughs> I keep meaning to do that movie too. That was a Martin Lawrence movie when Martin Lawrence was funny. really in his heyday. Yes. Mm -hmm. This was like coming right off of Bad Boys. And Martin! And Big Mama's House, right before, I think it was before Big Mama's House. Yeah. Before Black Knight. I think Big Mama's House was where his career started to go down. Right. Because that was an then he okay made Big movie. Mama's House too. But then it just, he, he went into Tyler Perry territory, I think. Um, why don't you look up Martin Lawrence's IMDb? That could be fun. Um, so Billy takes Gizmo to his desk and puts him in a desk drawer and tells him that he has to be quiet and Billy will take him home at the end of the day. What could possibly go wrong? But then, Mr. Gizmo's a bad listener. <laughs> well, first Billy slams poor Gizmo's hand in the drawer. Yes. And then Gizmo is a bad listener because he's um, a monster. Mean, monster. That's <laughs> a cute, fluffy monster, but he is. And I and a I was monster. telling them, I believe that the gremlin and Mogwais are evil, and Gizmo is an aberration. He just happens to be a good one because every other fucking Mogwai and gremlin we've seen has been evil. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just him. Yeah. I think that he is the origi origin of the species mm -hmm. and is the only good one. So if you try to replicate it, it's evil. Mm -hmm. Because he's good. So anything after that, they try to balance. So they're evil. <laughs> sure. I don't know. He's obviously some kind of demon. Not like Christian devil demon. kind of demon, but more like Chinese mythology demon. So he's obviously some kind of demon, but not all demons are bad. Some demons can be helpful. I mean, if you hit him with a blast golf club. Like in Black, or uh, Death Note. 
Um, I don't know that that go math no checks I mean, out. I mean, he kind of helping people. Ryuk was... No, no, that's not his name. No. I'll give you three letters. <laughs> Ryuk? It's Ryuk. Re, Ryuk and repeat. Pete and repeat. We're in a boat. Um, it's like Monique and Unique. Mr. Clamp Clancy. comes down to visit Billy's floor. Now, almost nobody has a, has seen Mr. Clamp, and this is a really big deal. And as he tours the floor, he sees Billy's drawings of the new um, Chinatown project. And he's like, that's what I want. That's perfect. And he seems to have a connection with Mr. Clamp. And Marla, his boss, kind of inserts herself into the conversation. And now she thinks Billy is her ticket to getting a corner office. Well, Marla Lawrence's best movie was... Um... Bad boys. No, I was gonna say house party, but no, <laughs> those that no. Uh, nobody's best movie was heart was house party. Well, kid and play. I was gonna say kid and play maybe. No. Um. Just from lack of options. Uh, Marla invites Billy to dinner, and to talk about their new career opportunities. Also, to maybe talk him into bed because she doesn't know how to advance she's, without sleeping with someone? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Very upset, uh, confused. But Billy doesn't yeah. seem to be able to say no to her, so he tells Gizmo to stay at his desk and he'll have someone come and pick him up. Billy then stops in to tell Kate that he has to skip their dinner because he has to go to a work dinner. And that she needs to go and get Gizmo out of his desk. She freaks out. She doesn't want, why is Gizmo here? Are those things back? What's going to happen? And he's like, it's fine. It's just Gizmo. You know, like a normal person. And John was also very upset about the naked ladies in the locker room. Yeah, why the fuck were they yeah. naked? Like, they took showers after work. And yeah. he's, like, white right there, as if this is a, a common area. And you can just see them in the back. He's why? walking around like, this is fucking Starship Troopers. <laughs> But he goes to a lot of places he's not supposed to. Maybe this is a woman's locker room, like an elf. <laughs> the thin line between love and hate. You know, Mark Morris had a really hot streak in the late 90s, early 2000s. Nothing to lose. Life. Life Life was, life was not a good movie. Where was a great movie. But I got confused around this time. What time is it? Is it like five? They're going to leave work. He says, I can't go to our dinner. I have to go to this dinner. Yeah. But then it also seems very soon to be midnight. <laughs> I think it's like 6 o'clock like at night. Like when she gets Giz- Gizmo home, she's like, he told me to feed you before midnight. As if as if that's not hours away. Like, we got to do this real quick. <laughs> yeah, well, to be, to be fair. I would you feed him make immediately sure, yeah. and then not I'm feeding this mo- I ain't feeding this motherfucker after 8. <laughs> because, yeah... <laughs> We don't know the rules. We know the rules based on this atrocity that happened in Kingston Falls. Yeah, so I would feed I'll feed this motherfucker at the bare minimum at eight, and Billy can take care of it. So I'm not dealing with these fucking monsters. Kate <laughs> tries to follow Billy to be like, "Hey, wait!" and then sees him meet up with Marla, and Marla put her arm around him, and then Kate is like, "That motherfucker!" Yeah. But she, um... how do you know that that Marla's a mom? Oh wow. That was a terrible joke. <laughs> so then we see Gizmo. He's decided to uh, play in the office. Uh, we see a janitor or a maintenance man come Who's to fix a drinking fountain. And um, what's his name? Mogwai. <laughs> Gizmo says, 
or is it Gizmo? I don't know. Whoever it was, yeah, it's says, Gizmo. It says Gomez. Because that guy played Gomez Adams. Yes. So, Welcome back to the podcast. No, no he's not, from not the Raul original. Julia. Oh yeah. This is the uh, was it the sixties seventies TV show? Yeah, the black and white. And um, who's my? He's my second favorite Gomez after Raul Julia. Because I mean Raul Julia. <laughs> Didn't that, what, that guy wasn't just on the podcast. That guy was in Teen Wolf 2. Yeah. And we're not doing that movie. Ever. <laughs> no? You Never. don't love Teen Never, Wolf 2? Ever. Never, ever. Never, ever. That's Justin not... Bateman's. Uh, <laughs> That's Elaine's favorite Jason actor. Bateman, so close. Jason Bateman. Or Jason Bateman. Is not a good actor. That's why she picked, uh, what's it called? No. Hancock, because she was like, I don't care about Will Smith, but... Justin Bateman. Justin. Jason. Really? That <laughs> Justine Bateman. I mean, it's Team Christina. Wolf <laughs> Team Wolf 2 was so bad, Styles didn't come back. They had to recast it. Mm. Yeah, um, that's bad news. And we knew Michael so. J. Fox wasn't coming back. <laughs> yeah, and you thought werewolf basketball is weird. Wait till you see werewolf boxing. <laughs> um, keep I talking. mean, what are you doing? I was, You're supposed to talk about this movie. Steve Austin or something? I can't find it. I like. I literally can't find. Did you look it. up the Adams family. No, I looked up Gremlins. Of course, you you'd go way talk. Cause that's on the top of my IMDb. Anyways, so Gizmo is playing in the office. He sees the maintenance man fixing a drinking fountain, and the drinking fountain starts to shoot water. So Gizmo goes to hide under Billy's it's desk. John Aston. I think it's Sean Aston's grandfather. Oh, nice. I think. I know they're. I know they're related. Convenience of the. <laughs> Where you're laying, taking up the whole under oh, of the Samwise. Thing. Yeah. Or Rudy or whatever. No, he's Samwise. Well, Rudy, I'll take Rudy. Or the guy from Encino Man. <laughs> Who's not Pauly Shore. Future episode. Fucking Pauly Shore is like, this is my movie, it's my breakout. And all of a sudden, you know, Sean Astin's in it. And Brendan Fraser. Sean Astin's his child. His son. Oh. All right, so... Uh, Gizmo hides under the drawing desk, but the drinking fountain water hits the top of the desk and drips onto Gizmo. And other Mugwai are born. He's still alive. 92. One, wow. <laughs> one of these Mugwai on, has a big spiky stripe and an evil look in his eye. And his name is Mohawk. And they, Frank Welker. Welcome back, back to, to the podcast. podcast. They back up, um, and Howie Mandel plays Gizmo. Yeah. Um, they back Gizmo up into an air vent and stuff him in there. <laughs> no, they throw him in. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm waiting um, for a Die Hard reference. Yeah. Then they go like and... Like you'd be sitting there yeah. crawling. <laughs> White tank top or something. They start to uh, wreak havoc on the office. Katie goes to get Gizmo um, while the bad Mogwais sneak around the building. She finds one of the bad Mogwais uh, playing... Uh, King Kong on the top of an Empire State model and she stuffs him in her purse and takes him home. It does kind of look like Gizmo. Well, she didn't see Gizmo that much. They all kind yeah. of look like, yeah. I mean, they all look like Mogwai's. I mean, I'm going to assume anything that looks like that is Gizmo. Yeah. yeah. Because I was told there is a Gizmo. He is in your office. He's a Mogwai. This is the only one she sees. Yeah. <laughs> she saw Gizmo for like two seconds in the other movie and then she was traumatized. Uh... The bad mugwai sneak around and they find the food court. 
then we see Marla and Billy at dinner. Marla keeps hitting on him. She wants... Um, you combine. She starts talking about... with art. His special connection with Mr. Clamp and how Billy can help her career. Uh, but uh, Billy freaks out and uh, dips out. Well, because she, t- she takes her foot and puts it on his nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not subtle. Mm-hmm. Subtlety has oh. had its day. Here's a question. Is mm-hmm. that sexy? No. No. Don't do it. <laughs> no, and it was a big thing like in the 80s in and movies, 90s on TV they and stuff. They would take off their shoes and they would slide their foot yeah. up some dude's leg. Yeah. Which <laughs> I put my feet on John's lap all the time because I keep hoping that but he'll rub my like feet. But not like you're trying to fondle no. him with no. your toes. <laughs> Yeah. Which I feel like there's a certain segment of gentlemen who would find that sexy. I, I mean, like Quentin Tarantino. There's certain people but, that just find anything sexy, but it's just it's just an odd move. It's just I know what it is. Is it's all you can reach when someone's across the table. Footsie. But it's just weird, and and they do it a lot in especially. I keep thinking of like Three's Company. Mm-hmm. Like they would do that a lot there. Come on, not gonna Or it's a joke where you're at dinner and you put the foot in the wrong person's lap. Yeah. Somehow. So Tony, get your foot up my lap. Damn it! I'm rubbing the balls. Um, (laughs) but uh he dips out of there so we're at home and the crazy mogwai is freaking katie out he is playing with the appliances and throwing food at her Mm -hmm. i would throw this motherfucker out of window he goes you're going right back in a cage dude (laughs) really hyper and crazy billy comes home what happened to gizmo he fell out the window sees that katie is all disheveled because you know and goes to see gizmo and it's like that's not gizmo and she's like what are you talking about he's like that is clearly not gizmo we have to go back to the office (laughs) so this is what bothered me about katie in this movie Mm -hmm. So she... She's pretty capable in the first one and not yes, in this one at all. Yes, what the fuck oh, happened? Yeah. But he comes home. Clearly, he has been kissed oh, yeah. by another woman. She's been dealing with this gremlin yeah. that she did not want to deal with. And then he acts like, what the fuck is the matter with you? Gizmo's cool. I don't understand. And then he's like, this isn't Gizmo. He's like blaming her. She's like, that's, dude. That's cool. We got dude. something else to talk about. <laughs> Who the fuck's been kissing on you? Then we'll get to the monster. <laughs> Monster's second. There's another well, monster you go about to deal with. Yeah. And then, uh, so he's monster. like, we gotta, hey. we gotta go back to the office. So they put this gremlin, this mugwai back in her purse or in his bag. And then there's a knock on their door, and it's the Buttermans who are coming to visit. And I, these, I wrote, Mister and Mrs. Futterman arrive. These characters are unnecessary. That's what my notes. Yeah, said. that was. It's really annoying. I, I get. The point of Mr. Futterman, like in the first movie, the character of Mr. Futterman was a not, it was a good was tertiary a really cool character. character. Yeah. And he knew about gremlins from yes. World War II. But he didn't need to be in this at all. to link it a little more. Um, but work. they managed to get rid of the Futtermans and then they head back to uh, the Clamp Building. At the Clamp Building, the Mogwai are in the frozen yogurt. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And scare all the and scare a bunch of people away because there's rodents in yeah. the toppings bar. Yes. So by the time they get back to the clamp, about normal size. By the time Billy and um, Kate get to the building, it's after midnight, and the Mogwai have clearly eaten. So they go to the basement to shut off the water. Security catches Billy and wants to see what's in his bag. 
Uh, welcome back to Somebody the podcast. Goes, that security guard has a gun on him. Yeah, he draws a gun <laughs> and on then him. He starts I mean, the guy. I mean, he has gun. an axe or whatever. But I was like, dude, he just rolls up on and draws a gun. I'm like, calm down there, uh, four fifty an hour. Uh, this guy <laughs> is a it very nineteen ninety. I know. This guy is a frequent flyer on our podcast. He was yes. the neighbor Rick in Dukeman. the burbs, and he was most recently on the Die Hard episode. Yeah. As the uh, construction worker who turns off the Con Ed or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, but he was doing a lot of. He things makes before. Billy release the Mogwai, and then the crazy Mogwai runs away, <coughs> and Billy is taken into custody and arrested. The next morning, Katie goes to bail Billy out of jail, and he tells her that the cocoons will already be hatching, and they got to get back to the office. Mm. She also had to use next month's rent to bail him out, but he doesn't seem very concerned about that. Mm-hmm. Well, there's monsters about I'm to take saying, over New York City. Billy, you done fucked up a lot here. <laughs> Yeah. We go to Gizmo, who we've had little flashes of wandering the air vents all night. Billy's dog. Mushroom? I don't know, because there's... And it pisses me <laughs> off, because he's he's not in the movie. But if you watch it in the very beginning, there's a dog that looks exactly like him in the very beginning, eating trash. And Billy mm-hmm. walks by him. I'm like, is that him? What, what are we doing this Tony for? Tony was convinced I was that like, it maybe was they the just, same dog. Maybe they just brought that dog back we, for that one scene. We watched the credits to see if there was they no mentioned... There no credits. They're uncredited, this dog. <laughs> I called the dog union. Wow. They're looking into it. Tony was very upset. Yeah, what, what's hey, what, what's Tony, funny is, is that dog that, is with Officer Superior. Right you think now. it's dead? That dog is definitely dead. It's 1990. I said this, this movie is was six years late. It was 84. Uh, or 83 and 90. There's quite a bit of a dog's life in between these two movies. But if he was one in Gremlins, he could have been alive. He was the best actor in Gremlins, according to Steven That's what Steven Spielberg, Spielberg said. So what makes you think he was one? It's just talent. I'm just Raw saying. talent. Look, you don't know Mushroom, okay? <laughs> that dog worked his ass off. I'm going to check How his IMDb. How long did it take Achilles to get to a point where he would have been trainable enough? <laughs> It took like three years. It takes more than one year. Look his IMD up right now. I don't know. Champion dogs that are show dogs are usually only like two or three. (laughs) This is way too much about a dog. Tony (laughs) was very concerned about the dog. It was so distracted by the fact that they showed a dog that looked like Mushroom. (laughs) Both those dogs definitely dead. It could have been any dog in the world, but they picked the same looking dog. Why would you do that? Maybe that dog belonged to the director. (gasps) Possible. Crack that case. All right, so... Hmm. Um, Kate and Billy immediately buy a flashlight. Let me tell you about Norway. I've been looking into them. And Marla comes up and makes things very awkward. And but thankfully, after she leaves, Katie is they like, "Look, once we take economy. care of this, you're in big trouble. But we've got bigger fish to fry." <laughs> so Billy goes directly to Forrester and to tell him that there are gremlins in the building. They all think he is crazy and insane. And Forrester is like, we just had you arrested. Why are you back here? And then a gremlin pops out and of the fucking no. control panel. <laughs> so they start heckling him about gremlins. Oh, yeah. Which is great. Because he gives them the, the What's the, the rule? creature? <laughs> Can't get wet? <laughs> and they start heckling him about the rules. What if he's on a plane? What if he goes to a different time zone? What if he had a caraway seed or a sesame seed stuck in his teeth? These are all great questions. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're never answered because a gremlin bursts out of one of the monitors and attacks a guy. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, this can't be real. These rules are bullshit. Well, this thing's about to eat you. Right, and they all freak real. out. Good thing that Billy has gotten some flashlights. Billy chases it off with the flashlight. Um, 
Right, like, right, like. Katie went to work. <laughs> because we next see Katie giving well, a tour. Somebody has to pay the rent. <laughs> <laughs> they know they're gremlins in the building. Billy goes to Forrester. Billy getting fired. Katie, Katie goes to work. They arrested him. They're like, why did you come back here? <laughs> so Katie's giving a tour. And they and and their tour is watching microwaving with March. While watching microwaving with March, the gremlins attack, and March is no Mrs. Mrs. Whatever her Pilzer. name. Pilzer. Pilzer. No, Mama Pilzer put an ass whip on three gremlins. March just kind of freaked. March grabbed her sherry and hauled ass. And the gremlins who are if Mrs. Pilzer showed up in this. She'd have walked through that lobby like, what? The gremlins, however, put metal in the science oven. You know, should never put metal in the And they start oven. a fire. Because it explodes. And then, because... It doesn't explode, they arc. The emergency sprinkler it. system goes off, drenching the gremlins. And now, shit has gone down. Shit doth hit the fanus. So then back in operations... They see that there is some sort of infestation in, on the microwave Marge soundstage, and Forrester is it is says, "Could it be rats?" And the secretary and the girl monitoring it is like, "There's no way." And we see hunt like twenty, thirty, forty, fifty gremlins start to appear on this screen. I hope not. Then we get a brief scene of Spike. It's not Spike. It's Mohawk. Spike dead. Stripe no, dead. Stripe was the first one. It's this actu- one is... It's actually in the trivia, because I mm-hmm. spend my time well. They explain, <laughs> there's a lot of trivia. They explain, yeah, there's a lot of trivia for this, first of all. They explain <laughs> that this is reincarnated Stripe mm-hmm. as Mohawk, was the was what they said. Okay. Which well, the character... doesn't make any sense, but they seem to have a racial memory anyway, because they know shit that they shouldn't know. Like, he knows he's Billy. He calls him Billy. You're like, you, you don't know who this fucking well, guy is. Well, they know who Gizmo is without yeah, having to be told. they know who Gizmo is. He says Gizmo Kaka. Like, there's all kinds they of weird shit they know. They want to watch Snow White. Yeah. Yeah, which like, is maybe they watch They know the, the words one. to New York, New York. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, we don't really know how these demon creatures work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, we get various scenes of, of him, like, well. when... Gizmo fell out the air vent. He landed where the pods are, and he saw the pods hatch. I was going to talk about that, and I think there was a tangent that happened, so I didn't say it. No worries. But Spike kind of took Mohawk, takes Gizmo into custody, and then we see various scenes of Mohawk torturing Gizmo interspersed throughout the film. He does a uh, uh, a lethal weapon on him. (laughs) But Katie then, then we see Katie make a terrible elevator choice. Yeah. Yes. She gets in the elevator, knowing there are gremlins in the building. She just saw fifty gremlins be birthed. Also, we've seen more than once that some things in this building don't work already. Yeah. Especially revolving doors. So, and it's there's like, some like weird thing with the it. power where sometimes you have to move around to have power. I don't know. It's weird. This building is weird. Yeah. So it's, I don't know that I really want to get... It's motion detection. My light went off. This happens at work all the time, okay? We have motion detectors on all the lights in the office part of, the, of work. Like 30 years ahead. <laughs> but, but, like, if you sit at the computer and you sit still too, for too long, the light goes off. That happens to me at my job, but I have to get up and, like... Walk around. You get up. You to, do. You just trip it again. <laughs> you get up. You jump three times, and it's good. Sometimes I have to walk around like <laughs> waving my arm. I usually jump. I like jump three times and it turns on. Make crisscross. But, you want to do that? But, she makes a terrible elevator choice, 
as it's all automated and she tells it to go to whatever floor and then you can instantly hear the gremlins. She knows that's not the elevator's voice. She knows instantly it's gremlins. Open door, open door, open door. Emergency yes. stop, emergency stop, emergency stop. Mm-hmm. Then we see Clamp is in his office. Okay. So he's talking to his assistant. He wants her to take a memo. Um, she's eating a sandwich. A gremlin re- puts a mousetrap in her sandwich. Then we hear her scream. He runs out of his office to see her. She's and now we gone. see his new secretary <laughs> is a gremlin. <laughs> there is a scuffle between him and secretary gremlin. And he ends up putting the gremlin through the industrial shredder. Because <laughs> Clamp, I mean, he, he don't fuck around. <laughs> But he does um, not care. Is impressive. He does not care for the mess left behind. <laughs> no. no one does. Um, Billy and Forrester burst into the office, and they tell him that they have to evacuate, and he's like, we have to keep this quiet. But the Forrester still seems to be like, don't listen to Billy. Ask him, how does he know so much about gremlins, or these monsters? Yeah. And then no. Billy's like, well, I found this creature in the lab upstairs, and that's enough for Clamp. He instantly blames the people on the lab. I told you they were a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I told you we shouldn't have genetics lab on the third floor, or fourth floor or something. But, um, and then uh, like we flash back yeah. to Katie in the elevator. There's lots of elevator shenanigans. The elevator falls to the Her lobby. Death. And kills a bunch of gremlins, but thankfully Katie had plot armor. Clearly, the bunch of gremlins pillowed her fall. Mm -hmm. Sure. Now she's covered in green slime. Then Clamp says that they have to keep everything quiet, and he wants Forrester to go to operations and take care of the gremlin problem. And Forrester was kind of is a coward and wanted to dip out, Mm -hmm. but now he has to go back and take care of this. Yeah, well, he ends then, up at the end having a bang of gremlins. Then we go up to the genetics lab. He seems like maybe he's into it. And end. we see that the gremlins have invaded the genetics lab, and they are drinking all of the weird genetic materials that have been stored in this lab. And it causes the gremlins to mutate, and one becomes a vegetable, and one becomes super smart, and one turns into a bat... And the smart one injects injects the bat with genetic sunblock. Which you know, they, you put sunblock on. <laughs> which at that point, doctor, they need to do that to everybody, then that's not a problem anymore. Yeah. Dr. Catheter and Martin and Lewis are here. A bunch of daywalkers. And they're kind of, and they're watching this, and they're like, oh my, oh no, this is terrible. We can't let them get out. And, um, but... The bat one escapes and flies away from the building like a gargoyle. And apparently, the big joke with that was is uh, when you when they're running down the hall towards the genetics lab. The lab next to it is the one that inner space happens. And then when the whatever bat thing takes off, smashes through the window, makes a bat symbol. That's yes, pretty cool. which is funny. But it also when it for some reason when it flies away, it, they play uh, apparently a theme from the Burbs. I don't know why, but... Well, I mean... It was in the trivia, so... The man that got fired was Mr. Klopek. Yeah. <laughs> There's like four people from the birds in this, so I guess. And Corey Cunningham was in the next. first one. No. Um, the Gremlins have, at this point, taken over... He was busy rapping. And it's pretty much chaos. City of Crime. Yeah. The Bat Gremlin flies around New York. 
and magically uh, finds the Futtermans. He's like attracted to them. And attracts Mr. <laughs> Futterman, who is able to throw him into cement, which then as he tries to escape, as the bat gremlin tries to fly away, he, the cement hardens and he's turned into a, gar- a gargoyle that lands on the top of a church. But it's funny because some of the people are pissed. Uh, what's his name? The old man? Mr. Futterman. Futterman. Futterman's wrestling with this monster, and like people are like, "Why are you bumping into me, man?" And like, do you not see this fucking winged monster I'm fighting? Could you help, dude? And it's just so funny. They're all like making faces and stuff, like like they're nonplussed about monsters but, existing. What's New York? That's true. They've seen. But it. This after 90, this, early nineties, Futterman, Mister and Missus Futterman realized that he was never crazy to begin with, because that was a gremlin, which we all know he was never crazy. He just had a terrible traumatic experience. Like, in this movie, Mrs. Futterman treats him as if he had some kind of psychotic break and imagined the gremlins. But there was uh-huh. plenty of people that witnessed the gremlins. Yeah, like, so it's Santa very weird. And now, he sees, and now he says, I'm not crazy, and I was never crazy. Of course you weren't. Maybe that's what the government did to cover it up. They, they said know. everyone was mass hysteria and they gave a bunch of pills out and said they were all crazy. I don't know. Billy and Kate. Back at the clamp building, Billy runs into the doctor. Catheter? Um, Dr. Catheter, yes. And Dr. then, Acula. during this scene, the gremlins ruin the film. The film is destroyed and then they make some shadow puppets... And then they changed the movie to something with naked ladies. Mm-hmm. Naked volleyball, maybe? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. And apparently but, in the VHS copy that came out, they changed that whole scene to something else that wasn't naked ladies because it was mm-hmm. more for available for kids. Yep. And uh, it was something else. I don't remember what it was. But people still thought but that there was an error in the movie. <laughs> drive drags their kid out and complains to an usher. And then... An usher says, I'll take care of... And they're like, the gremlins are in the projection room. They won't play the film. They only want to watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. But that is not the movie they put on. No. That was Snow White and the Seven Dorks. Oh. And when I say dork, I mean penis. (laughs) Um, The usher then goes into the audience and gets Hulk Hogan. Who then yells at the gremlins and makes them put the movie back on. Which and they you can't do. fight the Gremsters. <laughs> I have to tell you, I find the scene delightful. <laughs> it's so dumb, and I don't even like Hulk Hogan. And but it's it was such probably a, fucking cool as shit in the theater. It's the first such time. a fun fourth wall break. I was in the theater when I first I saw it. I was like, oh shit, Hulk Hogan. It's such a fun fourth wall break though, and like it's very similar. To in Spaceballs when they go to Spaceballs the movie mm-hmm. and they record they go to fast forward yeah. and then they get to the part where it's them watching mm-hmm. the movie in the or when they capture their stunt doubles <laughs> yes it's such a fun meta spoof yeah. kind of a thing and they just don't do them like this anymore well if they do it the whole movie I, I sound like an old fuddy duddy but well, they just don't do this kind of little fun bits anymore yeah. like. It's like, guys, calm down. It's just a joke. The movie's... We're just kidding. It's, yeah. It doesn't have to all be serious monsters. These are not them. Yeah. These are their stunt doubles. But, um... So then we go back to the Dr. Billy and Forrester. They get to the lab. Uh, when they get to the lab, they see all the genetically altered gremlins. 
and we see a lady gremlin who wants Forrester's bod. Mm-hmm. She drank a a potion that had a male and male female uh, sign on it, so I guess it changes your gender. Well, it, I guess it assigns a gender. Or assigns a, a gender in this case. But it made her it definitely made her a lady, yeah. and she is hot to trot. Yeah. But only for Forrester. Yeah, I said hot to trot. Okay. Future episode. Um, doc, the doctor says that he's got weapons, so they go for his yeah. weapons, and he opens the gun locker, and a gremlin attacks him. Already in. And then the gremlins get the guns, and they see one of the gremlins drinks this special thing that turn that increases a the electrical activity in a body, I guess, and becomes electro. Becomes energy, yeah. He he becomes Light pure man. energy, which how a liquid turns someone into pure electricity, I don't know. I don't know the math on that. But there isn't any. <laughs> but Electro Gremlin kills Dr. Catheter, which let's be real, this guy deserved. And then they shoot at Billy. Should have been Dr. Gizmo is finally able cool. Gizmo is finally able to escape. Um and he, and then we see the Futtermans arrive at the Clamp Building. They um, outside the Clamp Building is like some rescue workers, the police. They know something's happening, but they don't know quite what because a bunch of people ran out of there screaming. And uh, the Futtermans tell the uh, firemen definitely, definitely don't use any water. Yeah, and they try to tell the officers what's happening, but of course they just seem like crazy people. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy goes back into Mr. Clamp's office. Um, Mr. Clamp plays a going off the air tape that he has prepared for Armageddon. It's beautiful. Which is apparently a thing they added after they found out that... It's real. That a a TV station had this. And they found out CNN had one, or has (laughs) one. Just in case. So once the end of the world's confirmed, they're going to play it. I was like, that's weird. That's horribly morbid. Yeah. Um, so Billy has concocted a plan. Says we hope you enjoyed your life. He says we're going to move all the clocks ahead and trick the gremlins into going outside before the sun sets. If we can make them think it's dark, they'll gather in the lobby to escape. Because what they really want to do is escape. And that's a smart you know. building, so they can control every aspect yes. of it. So yeah. the only way to exit is through the lobby. Yeah. So he's concocted this plan, and Clamp is very excited because he finally gets to use his emergency escape hatch. I'm sorry. If I had that, I'd use it every day. And he gets to save the city. Yes. Yes. This so, is weird. He's, he's very excited about being a hero. But yes. So then we flash to Marla, who's still at work, and is complaining that all the lights are off, and she gets stuck in a spider web. Mm-mm. Then we see Gizmo uh, in a training montage. Yeah, like he lifts a weight and goes through the floor. Then we see Clamp come out his secret entrance, which is awesome. It is pretty cool. <laughs> it's basically one of those, uh, you see like a tree on the sidewalk. It lifts the whole tree and it's an elevator that he's in. It's pretty cool. Um, and uh, Billy then gets knocked out and is captured by the gremlins. Then we see Gizmo fashioning weapons out of paper clips. Rubber bands. Um, now Fred has found a cameraman and has started broadcasting from inside the building. Who's, uh, Long Duck from, Dong. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who's been in, uh, Tony was like, is that the dude from 16K? 
or am I racist? And she's like, nope, that's him. And I was like, okay. Automobile? Uh, so Fred interviews the smart gremlin, and the smart gremlin explains that the gremlins just want a civilization of their own. And he, in the middle of the interview, shoots another gremlin and says, well, that's fun. It's not very civilized. Not very civilized. Um, and Grandpa Fred is like, oh, shit. Yeah, he's got a fucking gun. <laughs> I thought I was talking to the smart one. We were having a conversation. He just killed the dude in the middle of our interview. Because yep. a gremlin. Because he's a gremlin. Civilization. Yeah, was that civilized? They are chaotic evil. Yeah. <laughs> they are the epitome of chaotic evil. Mm-hmm. Um, Clamp is outside, and he now implements Billy's plan. So he tells the officers, he releases this backdrop, I don't know where he got it, of the night sky. And he covers all the windows in the front of the building. And he explains the plan to the surrounding officers. um, Sure. And, you know, he's going to save everyone. Oh, he's the Flash. Uh, he, Billy wakes up he saved one Flash of us Gordon. Yeah. to find out that the gremlins have taken him to the dentist. He's America. But he is saved by Mr. Futterman, who has used Clamp's super secret elevator to come into the building to save the day. Because he runs into danger, I guess. Well, he's, he's got experience. He knows he's not crazy, and yep. he is going to help. Yep. Uh, his gremlins. His wife stayed safely outside, though, as you would. She didn't even know he left until he was already Kate, gone. Kate then comes across Marla stuck in the web. She frees her, but unfortunately, the gremlin spider comes. And as the gremlin spider is about to get them, which is probably one of the most disturbing things in this movie. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Gizmo, dressed as Rambo, pops out and shoots a flaming arrow at him. And he and kind of he's like... very flammable. Well, he's apparently, very, very flammable. In the trivia again, apparently it really was way more flammable than they thought it was going to be. They thought it was going to burn like a certain way, but it burned so fast they had to fucking record it real quick because <laughs> they didn't want to build another one, but they said it burned really fast. They didn't expect well, it to be as flammable, even though it's, it's glue and rubber. Or, <laughs> Probably was made out of the same kind of rubber that the foam and couches were made of. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Billy and Futterman also arrive and they all get to safety. And Kate says, what happened to him? And Billy goes, I don't know. I guess they pushed him too far. Because he's now no longer a lovable mugwai. He's now out for blood. It's a one-man war. He'd become war. Right, so... But then he seems to easily just slip back into, yeah, put me in a box and y'all find him. <laughs> the gremlins have gathered in the lobby because they can all tell time and have fallen for Billy's plan. A lot of gremlins. They then sing New York, New York, and like we have a musical break. Mm-hmm. Um, but, unfortunately... Something has happened. Dang, 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 dang. And then, I thought it was actually really cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fa- there's a very long sequence here. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. You know I love a musical number. I can't <laughs> I can't describe all the ways that this is awesome, but a lot of stuff happens in this sequence, but it is pretty much a musical number. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately it starts to rain and their sunlight plan is no longer gonna work. Uh, because of course, as we've learned through our last movie involving death via sunlight, overcast doesn't count. Nope. And earlier, we saw Gizmo outside yeah. during the day. Yep. So now Billy hatches a rule. new plan, a more dangerous plan. All right, so earlier, I skipped... This, this plan's 
pretty nuts. Earlier, <laughs> yeah. while Billy and earlier while Billy and Mr. Clamp were um, discussing Billy's first plan, a the Electro Gremlin uh, tried to attack Mr. Clamp, and Billy put him on hold. Billy picked up the phone and, and pointed he, at this guy, and of course he knew to do that in a split second. Yeah, and Much, so he captured him in the phone and put like, him on hold, as if that phone was a Ghostbuster strap. Right. Yes. And he put it, it on. It really hold. does seem like. That. And the, so the Gremlin is losing his mind because he's stuck on hold listening to elevator music. So he now says, he's that's scratched. right, it's Dr. Bankman. Nope. So now Billy remembers that the Electro Gremlin is still stuck on line three. And he's like, "Hey, can you transfer that phone call that I left upstairs?" And yeah. Kate says, "Sure." So he has She's Mr. Like, Futterman. I do tours of the building. <laughs> <laughs> of course I can. Yeah. Miss, he tells Mr. Futterman to get the water hose and to drench the gremlins. And they look at him like he's insane. He's like, no, this is good. You're not supposed yes. to get him wet. <laughs> so he gets Futterman to drench the gremlins in water. And then has Katie transfer the call to the lobby. With the and longest then phone cord in history. Yes. Electro this comes. the 1980s phone cord. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. it was 1990, so... <laughs> Electro comes out of the phone, and then all the gremlins are electrocuted and turn into goo. Which we learned in Demio. If they're wet. wet. <laughs> yeah. A firebolt will hit everyone. <laughs> Tony and I are both watching going, is it going to shoot back up and hit one of them on accident? <laughs> and you're stunned for a whole turn. I mean, if Elaine put that phone on hold, oh, then shit. it definitely would. I would definitely... Hit, she'd hit people in New Jersey. <laughs> but just as all the gremlins are magically killed, and I guess Electro Gremlin, then we don't see what happens to I him. I guess he dissipates. I guess. The SWAT team arrives, led by Clamp. What right. I'm sorry. Led by. What? <laughs> Led by. And Led he by. slips on gremlin goo. So what's going to happen in this in reality is he's going to give them his access card and wait over by the police. <laughs> but everybody has already been killed. This movie decides... First of all, you don't send regular people in front of the SWAT team or billionaires. He's both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this movie decided to settle on the ultra-happy ending. So Marla and Clamp have a shared moment where she gets a promotion... And maybe wedding bells are in their future. (laughs) Uh, Billy is is able to sell his hometown design to Mr. Clamp and Mogwai Murchison rights. Yeah, well, how does Billy own the rights to that? He doesn't. He doesn't own the rights to the hometown or the Mogwai. (laughs) And everybody selling the rights. I think he's just going to create that. And then we find Forrester trapped upstairs. And uh, but Mr. Clamp and he will get gets him down. raped by a gremlin. A no, few no. Times. no, no. The first you time saw he... the look on his face, he was into it. No, the first <laughs> time he was raped. The second time, I'll give you that. But uh... then we see that he's trapped upstairs. For, uh, Clamp says we'll get to you eventually. Forrester Hank says okay. Then we see that Lady Gremlin is not dead. She's become. She's dressed as a bride, and. We and Forrester goes, eh, and he's into it. And this doesn't worry anybody that the gremlin is still alive. He, as she Jack Burton always says, what the hell? She wasn't trying to escape because she found the love of her life. Uh-huh. <laughs> but when she gets wet, yeah, yeah, if he gives her, they're a gonna wedding. have to kill her. It does sperm count as a liquid? <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to know. <laughs> Mostly water. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> and that's the end. Or is it? We don't know. <laughs> dun, 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 this is probably dun, dun. the fastest episode I've ever done. Carly, what'd you think? Hey! All right. 
well, let's let. What do you want to unpack here? I know we talked about how his character was unnecessary, but my favorite character was Mr. Putterman. <laughs> yeah. It's intriguing. I enjoyed him. Not his wife, but him. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character was Kate because it just pissed me off how she was so capable in the first movie. Yeah, and, this, and she a... is a wet blanket. <laughs> yeah, they did women wrong in this one. The first one, they I were top like, shelf. I didn't yeah. like Marla either. Like... Yeah, she was terrible. I didn't like either of them. They were like both my, you know, didn't like it, didn't like it. And Marla ends up in the final four, <laughs> and it's just like Billy's like, Futterman, get the hose. Kate, get the phone. Marla, smoke. <laughs> yeah. And she's gonna have to quit smoking if she's gonna be with that dude. Because well, she uh, said she's gonna. That dude, she said she's gonna quit. So. Yeah. <laughs> she does say that right at the end of the movie. Um, my favorite scene was the lobby scene where they're all singing. My stole my scene. <laughs> <laughs> line I took a screenshot of it it was one of the lines that the building says mm-hmm. um, it says tonight on the clamp cable classic movie channel don't miss Casablanca now in full color with a happier ending because that's <laughs> like the whole clamp aesthetic yeah. <laughs> that's a Ted Turner thing um, and my favorite tertiary object was the Canadian restaurant that Marla took him to. <laughs> Gretzky, table for three. With the chocolate mousse. <laughs> Did you have a favorite transformed gremlin? I or would, gremlin character? I didn't think about it while we were watching it, but looking back, I think it would have to be the spider, because that was impressive. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Not the flasher? <laughs> the, fla- the flasher. I think it has to be the spider. Okay. And I'll maybe it. Okay. It really was very silly and all over the place. And a few times, I, I more than once, more than a few times, I'm like, what? <laughs> if, if we watch Gremlins, I will always pick the first one before I pick this one. Yes. <laughs> so that's it. John. Yo. Oh, hey. My favorite character is Brainy Gremlin. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character is Marla. Mm-hmm. She's a hoe. For sure. For sure. Um, my favorite scene was the one that Carly stole. So I'm going to go with Brainy's on the talk show, which we, shoots the other gremlin. We can mm-hmm. all have the same favorite. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's happened before. I've got to make it original. <laughs> um, my favorite line is when Brainy Gremlin's dying and he's still singing New York, New York. Mm-hmm. And my favorite tertiary object is Jolt Cola. When they're at the Canadian <laughs> restaurant, they have Jolt Cola. I was like, yep. And my favorite gremlin is the Flasher. Because it's funny. Even though your funny. favorite character is the brainy gremlin. Yeah. I just assumed that your favorite gremlin the was the brainy The funny thing is, when the Flasher gremlin flashed um, Katie. You can see he doesn't have anything. It's no. so, but John and I both laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's a callback from the first one. Yes, it it is. He does it in the first one. And she kicks him in this one. It's funny. (laughs) And I will maybe this. This was, uh, uh, hey, we need to make another one of these, but we don't have any ideas, so let's just stick a bunch of shit in it and see what, if anything, hits. Um, Always watch the first one. (laughs) Okay. Tony, happy birthday. Hey, thanks. My favorite character is also Brainy Gremlin. My least favorite character was Foster. Mm-hmm. Even though he's Australian for beer. Bolstice. Mm-hmm. My favorite line is... Now that was... Now, was that civilized? No, clearly not. 
Fun, but not in a civilized sense. Now bear in mind, none of us have been in New York before. There are Broadway shows. We'll have to find out how to get tickets. There's a lot of street crime, but I believe we can watch that for free. We want the essentials. <laughs> dinettes, complete bedroom groups, convenient credit, even when we've been turned down in the past. <laughs> uh, See, it's fun scene. My favorite scene is the New York, New York sing-along. And my favorite uh, tertiary object and favorite gremlin was obviously the bad gremlin. Mm-hmm. I will. I'll for sure you're gonna pick the bat symbol as your favorite. Tertiary I mean, it's, yeah, it's all the same thing. I'll, I'll maybe it. It's, it's, it's okay. It. I, I didn't pick it. It's I like the first one. Obviously, I like the tone. This one's just fucking around. So, but it's, I don't hate this movie. It's alright. I would have liked to seen the post credit scene where Mister Pilcher comes back and gives um gives him a wetsuit. Oh yeah, I read about that. I feel like this whole building, uh, Billy got this job because Mr. Pelcher sent, uh, sold a design to Clamp. Let's just be real here. <laughs> um, my favorite character is Mr. Clamp. Okay. Because he's supposed to be, he's this ridiculous um, media mogul, but at the same time, like, he doesn't disbelieve Billy. He's kills a gremlin and he tries to save everybody yeah so it's kind of a fun he's he's a better copy of a media mogul like he could just like pretend it's not happening and be like we can't let this get out i don't care if all these people die but that's not where it goes so it's a fun times do we have billionaires that are like oh fuck everybody i'm leaving let them all die he's like no i I want to help people was it in the trivia that he was supposed to be the villain and they liked but they liked him so they they were like actually let's just go this way with him and make the other dude more of a villain yeah well my least favorite character is actually billy (laughs) because i he was pretty ineffective much yeah. like Kate. Like, they don't actually really kill any of the gremlins. They don't really save anybody, really. They save Marla, but, like, Billy just runs around saying, there's gremlins, there's gremlins. He's like a real chicken Kate, little kind of Kate character. Kate saves Marla. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then Mr. Pelt. Or, and uh, then Futterman, Futterman saves Billy. Yeah. And, but he's just kind of like this chicken little running around the sky is falling, the sky is falling, but he's not actually getting anything yeah. done. Yeah. And he, we know he can get stuff done. I just we found him. the first. I just found it. I mean, and he does, his plan does eventually kill all the gremlins. And he re- is related but to his mother. It's true. He just seemed such a. Talent skips a generation. Evidently. His kids must be The bad. women were so much better in the first one. <laughs> all the characters were so Everybody much better was better in the first one. Oh. <laughs> My uh, favorite line is. Dr. Catheter, when the bat gremlin happens, he's like, we can't let them get away. All they have to do is eat three or four children, and there will be the... <laughs> a lot of bad There press. will be the most appalling publicity. Three or four. <laughs> which was really funny. Um, my favorite scene is the musical number, and then we get to see the sequence of all the different gremlins, which was really fun in the last movie. And this is really fun in this movie. Um, my favorite tertiary object is the Lego Gremlin statue. My favorite silly Gremlin is, is the Electro Gremlin. I don't know why. <laughs> it's so dumb. I love and that he's there electricity. There's also a Gremlin that had a camera, and he goes and points it at another Gremlin and takes a picture, and the Gremlin turns, turns to bones. Yes. Like, Jesus Christ. They're chaotic people. Yeah. Um, I think this movie is ridiculously bad. <laughs> but That's why she picked it. Such a really good time. <laughs> so I would happily watch this again. Right now? Elaine is going to give it a yay. Okay. 
I think that when you, I think like much like most sequels, when you hold it up right next to the first one, it's awful. (laughs) Like it doesn't have the same tone. It doubles down on all the things that made the first movie great, but not in a good way. The -hmm. characters are awful, but at the same time, it's very short. It gets right to the point. The gremlins, the gremlins themselves are not as they're more slightly more lighthearted. Like, more chaotic, less evil. But all the fun with the DNA stuff and the brainy gremlin. Like, there's enough here that it's enjoyable to watch. And you should, every once in a while. It's not an every day. Well, but every once in a while. Because the alternative is, what are you going to do? You're going to just put the gremlins in another sleepy town. And yeah. you're going to run around and do their gremlins. Like, in the first one, it's cool because you don't know, ooh, what are they going to do? What are they, what's their deal? Now we know everything about gremlins. So the only way, like, the one thing really cool about cool cool about it is yeah. with the dna shit now you got fucking gremlins made of fruit and gremlins they they chose teleporting a good setting yes they did it's a neat idea of all whatever they the, been you gremlins know three. is a good setting i don't know that they could have done it the only way to really reboot this and do something completely different is to lean more into the horror aspect of gremlins yeah, and make it really dark and scary which i think they should oh, i would love that no no they want to sell mogwais and stick yeah. them on the side of windows but Yes, but um, I think this is an enjoyable sequel, and it's worth a watch and your time. All right, mm-hmm. Carly. All right, please find us on Facebook.com slash the Underappreciated nope. Movie Podcast. You can email uh, Underappreciated at gmail.com, and John's going to play a song while he also tells us what we're going to do next week. Next week on the podcast. Do the whole thing. Next week. On the podcast. Is John's pick for Tony's birthday. It's your birthday. I picked a movie. You did. Starring. Sylvester Stallone. Emilio Estevez. Oh my. Men at work? Cuba Gooding Jr. How you living, my man, Jeremy Piven. And Stephen Dorff. What movie is this? Oh, yeah, there's also this other guy, and they're called Dennis motherfucking Leary. 1993's Judgment Night. Judgment oh, Night. Shit. I have never it's heard a th- of it. It's a thriller, because everybody always does horror. I'm going the other way. We're doing thrillers. Is this thrillers. the movie where this they is... get lost in the wrong part of town? Find out next week. <laughs> no, it, this is, like they're in a car, and they get lost. It's an RV. It's an RV. I tried to do a thriller. I, I just couldn't find movie. one that I thought everybody would like. Well, I picked this one because it's got Jeremy Piven before he made money and still has really bad, far back hairline. <laughs> Ooh, before the before the plug? Yeah, before he made money. And it's got Emilio, built back to the podcast, and Stephen fucking Dorf. Who never got enough work. The Gourmet Frost. La Magra. I, I thought he would have been like a big thing after yeah. Blade. And then he made a bunch of bad movies. Yeah. And it was like, ah. It's a shame it. because he's really good. La Magra is awesome. He is good. But yeah, he had a couple stinkers and it just kind of killed him. Like they made him the star of the couple movies that yeah. just bombed. So I, I've seen this, but I haven't seen it in so long I don't remember it. So kind of excited. Make it there. All right then, I'll see you next week.